IABC Ottawa presents The Voice. The Voice offers expert insights and practical takeaways for people in the marketing communications industry. We're sharing the latest ideas and issues with sector professionals. What can we do to help you take your career to the next level? I'm Tina Barton, and this is The Voice. My name is Guy Laflamme. I'm head of Ottawa 2017, working with the city of Ottawa. And my passion in life is to produce large-scale events uh, for people to experience memories that they will cherish for the rest of their lives. I'm working on Ottawa 2017, which is obviously about Canada's 150th anniversary of Confederation. Um, And we are developing a full year of activities to make Ottawa the epicenter of national celebrations. Hello everyone and welcome to this episode of The Voice. Now as communicators, inevitably at some point in our careers, we're asked to plan a grand celebration. Maybe we belong to an association and we're approaching a 25th anniversary. Or maybe it's something much bigger, like a country's national birthday. So I thought, why not learn from one of the biggest projects underway in Canada right now, Canada 150, celebrating 150 years as a confederation. Today, we're fortunate to be joined by Guy Laflamme, Head of Ottawa 2017 Celebrations, who is going to break down the key steps in planning a large-scale, multi-partner event, with a preview of Canada 150 and practical takeaways for you. Guy, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me, Tina. Let's start by hearing about the Canada 150 project. What is it celebrating and what does it hope to accomplish? Well, in 2017, Canada will be celebrating the 150th of uh, Canadian Confederation, and we must keep in mind that at the time, Canada was very different from what it is today. Uh, At the time, uh, in 1867, Canada was made up of only four of the present provinces. So it was the uh, uh, amalgamation or the coming together, I should say, of Ontario, what we now call Ontario, Quebec, Uh, New Brunswick and Nova Scotia that gave birth to uh, what then became uh, one of the greatest country in the world. Uh, so we are celebrating uh, not only our history, what, but what we uh, came to be as a nation. Uh, it's also an opportunity to celebrate the unique values, the unique Canadian identity, the Canadian achievements, and how Canada has contributed to the rest of the world. And as the capital of the country, Ottawa um, has decided to be the epicenter of national celebrations. And we feel this is quite legitimate. And based on national surveys, it's clear that Canadians feel the same way, that the nation's capital, uh, as the second hometown of all Canadians, should have a special status as part of those celebrations. So we are planning a full year of activities um, way beyond just a simple party. We celebrate, we want to produce a year of activities Uh, that will leave lasting benefits for our community and have important economic spin-offs for the city of Ottawa. 
I like this idea of celebrating a birthday throughout the year. Yes, indeed. It's not just about July 1st. Uh, yes, July 1st will be uh, the culminating moment uh, in the year. Uh, but at this point, we are looking at, in addition to the existing recurring events and attractions, uh, who will be featuring uh, special components for 17, we are looking at adding in the order of 10 to 12 new blockbuster initiatives uh, to attract people from across Canada and around the world uh, so we can change the perception some people have about the city of Ottawa, uh, maximize the economic benefits for our city, and have a lasting uh, impact uh, for the city in terms of stimulating all sectors of our economy, changing the perception of the Ottawa brand, boost the level of pride of uh, the citizens of Ottawa, and to make sure that uh, this will also be initiating uh, new programs, new services, uh, both in terms of social, but also in terms of arts and culture types of activities. Excellent. So what are some of the uh, misconceptions that you want to address about Ottawa and as a 10-year Ottawa resident now, I think I'm qualified to take a stab at what some of those misconceptions could be. Uh, for starters, that Ottawa is a sleepy, boring government town. Uh, number two, that it's too cold to visit. I think a lot of people don't realize actually just how hot it is in summer. And I know that Ottawa is not exactly on the path of major tourism routes. So I guess it's um, trying to carve out a bit of a tourism identity for itself. But anyway, those are, those are my assumptions. Let's hear from you. Yes, those are very accurate, because uh, often whenever a government decision is made, uh, it will always be referred to as Ottawa as decided to, or uh, Ottawa uh, is faced with another scandal. While in Washington, uh, in the U.S., uh, we rarely refer to Washington having made decisions. It's always um, the U.S. government or the central government. So to a certain extent, we are affected by this amalgamation of the name of the city with uh, the role of the government. Um, and yes, you are right in terms of this misperception about Ottawa being a uh, conservative, traditional um, very quiet city, while this city has changed so much in the last uh, two, three decades. So we want to present a more contemporary image for the city. So to a certain extent, this is also uh, part of a rebranding strategy, a repositioning strategy, if I use marketing uh, jargon. It's a repositioning strategy for the city of Ottawa, but at the same time, it's a unique business opportunity for our city and for our region. Uh, based on national surveys, 8 out of 10 Canadians feel that the capital should be the, um, the hub, the epicenter of national celebrations. 8 out of 10 Canadians are very keen in getting involved into uh, 150th celebrations uh, in 17. So in terms of economic impact, uh, this can be huge. We are looking at increasing the uh, tourist visitation by an ex extra 1.75 million tourists on top of the 7 to 8 million visitors that we host on an annual basis. Uh, we want to increase the number of visits by 1.75 
mostly generated by uh, Canadian visitors. And we want this to become the new baseline for the uh, tourism industry. Excellent and quite ambitious as well. Can you give us a taste of some of these blockbuster events that you're speaking about? Well, we will be making some major announcements uh, over the next few uh, few months. Uh, we have been developing a comprehensive uh, business plan, uh, having been a professor with the Telfer School of Management for the last 25 years. Uh, I had to apply uh, what I've been preaching uh, for the last 25 years. So we did a comprehensive environmental uh, analysis, a comprehensive internal diagnostic, and developed a pretty ambitious plan, both in terms of national promotion, local pageantry, um, developing a series of uh, uh, key elements in terms of new product elements and new customer service elements. But for example, just to illustrate the kind of stuff that we are developing, a few months ago, we announced in Toronto with Mayor Watson uh, the fact that the Canadian Video Game Awards would be coming to Ottawa. We managed to lure them to Ottawa to attract them, to get them to decide to hold the event um, in Ottawa in 17 on the basis that we would develop a full week of uh, video game happening. Um, so over the course of the week, we will be uh, challenging gamers uh, to win the championship of different video games, mostly Canadian video games. Great. And then the semifinal and the final games will be projected in monumental formats uh, on buildings across the city. Yeah, I wanted to I wanted to touch on that because I think a lot of people might be surprised to know that Ottawa does have a burgeoning um, digital industry, film and TV, and of course we have the um, Ottawa International Animation Festival as an annual event, and we've got quite a few startups and also a digital incubation hub, I believe. So I can see this as being a really good fit. It is indeed, like. Um, one third of our economy uh, is based on the technology sector. Uh, despite the fact that we, we lost big companies like Nortel or JD, J, JDS Uniphase, um, uh, when they, those companies were dismantled uh, or transferred, uh, a lot of startups were created uh, in our city. So uh, good, one of the pillars of our economy is around the technology sector. So we want to use 2017 to also, also show the best of Ottawa, and to showcase um, that aspect of our identity. Uh, so this is one more way by which we can show a more contemporary, vibrant, and modern image uh, for the new and improved city of Ottawa. Yeah, that's what I find interesting about your vision. It's using Canada's birthday to actually distinguish Ottawa from Canada, which is perhaps a more uncommon take on a country's celebration. Or maybe not. Maybe this is a position that other capitals around the world find themselves in. Any thoughts on that? Yes, that's a very good point. Because um, two and a half years ago, Mayor Watson, who's uh, also a uh, former president of the Canadian Tourism Commission, uh, was one of the first leaders in the country to recognize the importance and the opportunities around uh, the 150th uh, celebration of our country. So he put in place a task force to start laying out the... Um, 
the overall vision uh, for this um, uh, this plan for this celebration, and out of that came some key parameters. Uh, so, for instance, to make sure that this would have uh, massive uh, economic, lasting economic benefits for the country. And when I came on board, uh, following substantial, extensive consultation with key stakeholders. Reviews of best practices from 1967, from 1992, the 125th anniversary of Confederation, looking at recent commemorative anniversaries, I soon realized how important it is for the anniversary to be a springboard for the future. In our case, uh, the vast majority of our program is geared toward new Canadians, geared toward Canadian youth. And it's more about what's our vision? How can we inspire? How can we become a catalyst for the future of our country. How can Ottawa 2017 be a source of inspiration? How can we put sparks of imagination, of creativity in the eyes of uh, youth who will be coming to Ottawa in 2017 and therefore build the future of our country and stimulate the next 150 years? Well, that, those are great questions, and actually those are the questions I was going to put to you. But we will come back to that in a minute, because first I just wanted to recap for the listeners. What we've heard so far is defining a vision is one of the factors to nail down early on, and establishing the overall goals. And as Guy said, don't forget to look forward. I think a lot of people do get caught up on where you've come from, but it's a, um, a commemoration really is an opportunity to invite people to shape where you want to move forward. And of course, you've got to have SMART objectives, which stands for specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, time-bound. Um, I think those are the those are the the three steps to start with: uh, vision, overall goals, and measurable objectives. And if I if I may add, uh, the um, key importance, uh, critical importance of uh, spending some time to do a full-blown environmental assessment. So in our case, um, I, again, applied uh, what I've been pushing for uh, with my students over the last 25 years. So first, to do a macro-environmental analysis. What are the fundamental trends uh, and changes that you need to be cognizant of and uh, take advantage of? Uh, to do a regional uh, environmental analysis. What are the changes affecting our community? Uh, what are the opportunities? What are the threats? And then doing a full-blown internal diagnostic. And in our case, the uh, diagnostic was within the city of Ottawa, but also within the local tourism industry um, to try to determine what key elements can we leverage? So from that, to be able to define what are the key success factors in uh, the events industry nowadays, and then what are our unique competitive advantages that we should build, uh, build on? So for example, in my case, it was critical to leverage every possible municipal assets, both in terms of services, but also in terms of infrastructure. And as you wisely said, um, this process applies to a large-scale uh, national scope celebration, but the same process, the me same methodology uh, can be applied if you are celebrating um, a company's 25th anniversary or um, uh, 
doing an event for a smaller uh, organization. Excellent. Uh, do you think it's fair to say then that even companies or associations could also be looking to leverage municipal infrastructure in their own case? Uh, so if you're an association and you have uh, you're exceptional uh, on the basis of uh, some members on your boards, uh, some um, uh, exceptional skills in terms of technology or in terms of production capacity or exceptional talent in your organization. It's a question of figuring out, uh, zooming on what is unique about your organization. What are you superior at compared to your competitors and to leverage uh, those assets. But also, what is um, what do you have to offer that others uh, can't offer? So in my case, uh, being the capital of the country, uh, it's clear that we obviously have a unique competitive advantage we need to build on. But at the same time, it, uh, we were careful not to do it to the detriment of other provinces and territories. Excellent. So buy-in is something that I wanted to discuss, buy-in and collaboration, because um, a commemoration of any sort obviously needs to feel authentic and be owned by the people, not just the organizers. So you've touched upon involving the local business community, and importantly, you've touched upon working with the other provinces and territories across Canada to all work towards one grand national celebration. What are some strategies for, for, for building that community, that community of cooperation and collaboration? So first I would say do your homework. Um, as I indicated, the importance of having done a um, uh, review of secondary data in terms of uh, lessons learned from similar um, uh, operations, similar events uh, in recent years. So in our case, Quebec 400, PEI 2014, and then to go over all the national surveys uh, that were conducted around uh, the 150th. And then we started doing extensive consultation, consultation with key stakeholders. In the last year, I must have met with at least uh, over 400 uh, key organizations and stakeholders in our community to try to better understand their dreams, their vision, their ideas, um, uh, their concerns around uh, 2017. Um, and then in our case, we were also able to benefit from um, uh, the existence of a task force that was put in place by our Mayor Watson with key stakeholders from our community. So we did more in-depth interviews uh, with those individuals. And then we did an extensive uh, public consultation. Uh, we had a small kiosk that we took to uh, different festivals and events, to community centers, um, to solicit ideas from the public. And uh, I'm, I'm proud to report that over 50% of the ideas we received have been echoed uh, in our plan, in our strategy. This applies to any event of any scale, of any magnitude, wherever you are around the world. Uh, if you want your event to succeed, you have to get the buy-in from the community, you have to engage the community, and you have to find ways by which the community will be able to contribute in the planning, but also in the delivery of the program. So the importance of volunteers, 
the importance of having program elements uh, that will be delivered by different levels uh, of organizations in your community so that it's not an event, uh, an artificial event that is being imposed on the people, but an event uh, that creates, that uh, that gets the community to come even more together um, uh, in, in the implementation. So in our case, we will have initiatives that individual citizens will be able to contribute towards uh, in addition to association businesses and large public organizations. Excellent. That totally makes sense. And I like what you said about you, you went to where the people were. That's what you've got to do. If you really want public participation, you do have to set up those kiosks at events and make it easy for people to get involved. Um, and I would say uh, it's not only through physical interaction, but also virtual interaction. Obviously, like we were inviting people to submit ideas through our website, uh, and we also used electronic media to, um, to engage the public. And I've since seen that a, a couple of supporting organizations have, have popped up as well. So 150alliance.ca, which is a network of organizations encouraging engagement and action, and i50.ca, Sorry, i150.ca, which encourages people to share ideas and even give gifts to Canada. Uh, so are you working with these partners? And are these yeah. partners that organically cropped up and came to you, or did you have a hand in their creation? Uh, we cannot take any credit in the, in the creation of those um, remarkable organizations, but yes, we, uh, we were in contact with them uh, from the early days of our, of our planning, uh, and they play more of a role in terms of engaging organizations across the country. In our case, we focus on the preparation of the celebrations for, for the capital, uh, once again, being as the nation's capital. We're not here to compete with the rest of Canada, but to allow the rest of Canada to benefit from alliances with uh, Ottawa and vice versa. What tips do you have for drawing partners on board? Well, it has to be about uh, what's in it for them. Coming to a meeting well-prepared, uh, knowing what uh, the objectives and the goals of those partners are, and trying to find commonality and to find ways by which you can mutually benefit and um, uh, mutually grow out of this alliance. If I was to summarize uh, in one sentence uh, the role that I will play for Ottawa 2017, uh, I would say that uh, my main focus will be to be a, a, an efficient matchmaker, to <laughs> connect uh, the right partners. We want our program to be bold, um, to be... Uh, brief, to be innovative, um, to be big. Uh, so how can we inject a very high dosage of creativity in every aspect of our operations? So you've mentioned creativity, and I've heard innovation a lot, but you also mentioned parameters, and that's something that's always intrigued me when you're working with these multi-partner multi projects, is um, providing a bit of a structure and some guidance to keep people from going off the rails. And um, I'm imagining maybe as time goes on, you're going to possibly provide some, some key messages that participants can use, um, maybe even have regular check-in meetings or at least some kind of touch point, whether in person or, or digital. Um, 
Is that the case, or do you let people just go with it and do their thing? Well, I would say from the start, having some um, quantifiable metrics, like having some measurable objectives in terms of what you want to accomplish, so it doesn't become creativity for the sake of creativity. Giving yourself enough time to be immersed uh, with all kinds of possibilities while having defined some clear parameters and then it will, they will all come together by applying uh, basic business principles so that your program is not just uh, made out of a series of pie in the sky and purely artificial uh, creative thinking, but you have a good balance between the creative process and the rational, pr rational process. So how do we make 150 a moment to remember? What types of programs and events can Canadians expect in Ottawa in 2017? I would say it's to offer some activities that can only be uh, presented out of the nation's capital, to be coming up with uh, experiences that people have never seen in Ottawa, never seen in Canada, never seen in North America, by finding ways by which you can engage all the key stakeholders of your community, community and um, getting them to rally behind you uh, to make sure that you maximize the impact of all the resources you have available in your community. And coming up with a program that will be uh, not only festive, but that will only also be moving, uh, that will be uh, theatrical, um, that will be engaging and stimulating all senses when people experience those activities uh, and creating a program that will make people proud uh, in terms of the degree of innovation, the technology that will be used and the unique nature of the experiences that we will offer. I'd like to discuss the digital technology. What role will it play in the development of programming? Uh, from the use of technology in the program elements, uh, I had the pleasure of uh, being the executive producer of uh, the Sound and Light Show on Parliament Hill, uh, Mosaica, uh, that was produced when I was with the National Capital Commission. And that's a good example of uh, the use of cutting-edge, Canadian-made, by the way, technology. Using cutting-edge technology in terms of um, interactive components uh, as part of a program that you're developing where uh, spectators can contribute to um, the beauty and the unique nature of the experiences by having um, uh, users-generated content that will be integrated in the production. Will, having, it, be, will it be integrated live? integrated live that's uh, that's what we want to achieve you know what i really like about these sound and light shows is that it's a great intersection of art music and architecture as well um, i'm a fan of architecture personally and in this scenario i think canada 150 ottawa 2017 is going to be a great opportunity to showcase some of ottawa's finer buildings and then as you say telling the story of canadians and and giving a space for for people to share our story too Sorry, I, yes. love the, I love the sound of this. And the fact that nowadays uh, video mapping is becoming more and more common because we've all seen video mapping experiences. Uh, but uh, as part of my uh, introductory remarks at Marcom, I'll be showing some videos of non-traditional video mapping where 
a greater degree of artistic finesse and artistic um, sophistication is applied uh, uh, using the, the, those technologies that are more and more uh, common. Uh, so again, we will try to take video mapping to new levels uh, and also by having some live interactive components uh, this will also um, allow us to innovate. A much more simple uh, technology I've heard you'll be using is installing a countdown widget on participating websites to build excitement and remind people how many days until the kickoff. And um, I also know that you've been praised, the City of Ottawa has been praised for being ahead of the game with your promotion because you're starting to roll out banners and logos around town promoting 2017 and that you've also been publishing your early ideas and plans. And I think such transparency and longer lead times is the way to go because, um, you know, you want to get people involved and excited and that takes time. And especially in terms of being inclusive, like the best way to be inclusive is to tell people what you're doing and invite them to be part of it. So kudos to you and your team. Well, thank you. And uh, if we want to take um, a respectful leadership position and a legitimate leadership position as the capital of the country, um, as for any other any industry, you have to be the first out with you, your new product or the first to innovate. Um, so we developed uh, the Ottawa 2017 logo about two and a half years ago, made it public, and since then have started creating <clears throat> gradual awareness about the program. And some people were saying, well, um, visitors and residents will see Ottawa 2017. And a lot of people wonder, what is this all about? Is there a special anniversary taking place in Ottawa? Or is it Ottawa's Ottawa, the city, has a special anniversary? And this is great because... When Nike came out uh, on the market, uh, they weren't called, called uh, a sporting apparel company. They were called Nike, which created a bit of intrigue. So in our case, we're now, in terms of the communication process, we're still at the awareness building level. Next phase, we will get into the information phase as we will gradually start telling our story and telling what our program is all about. But at this point, it's good to create a bit of intrigue. And the more people we can get to start questioning each other and talking to their friends, what's this gigantic banner at the top of the uh, Western Ottawa, the Western Hotel, which says Ottawa 2017, what's this maple leaf? It has 13 triangles of different colors. Why? Uh, and that's how we will gradually engage the audience and gradually build a good level of awareness. So using the uh, AIDA model, move to the information stage, then move to the desire stage, then move to the action stage. And um, clearly physical advertising still has a, a place in your plan with, with the likes of banners can we go back, though, to the digital digital advertising and perhaps just touch on um, any new and effective digital tools that you're planning to use as you get into the awareness and information stage? Uh, so we are in the process of uh, redesigning our website, um, and it will be launched uh, over the coming days. 
and um, then we will try to innovate on, um, for example, on, on, on the concept of the, the selfie. Uh, we will be creating a new form of selfie that will be quite amusing to engage uh, target audiences. Um, and we also want to use uh, geolocation uh, technologies like to, to really use cutting edge of uh, uh, the technology sector to really engage the public and in facilitating the creation of viral campaigns and to engage um, uh, people based on their profile um, and to offer them uh, the kind of offering the kind of product that they would be interested in. Before we get to how people can get involved, um, let's hear let's hear what this legacy of the next hundred and fifty years might look like based on the based on the consultation you've done. What do Canadians want for their country? Well, I think uh, people want to share with the rest of the world uh, how unique Canada is. And in, in our case, um, we want to change uh, the perception about the capital. We want people to be even more proud of their nation's capital and to recognize how uh, vibrant Ottawa is. What we want to leave as a legacy is a city that offers unique quality of life to its residents and to people working here, uh, a city that is representative of the Canadian identity, a city with an even more um, sustainable uh, and stable and uh, growing economy, and a city that will be welcoming even more uh, Canadian visitors uh, on a yearly basis. So we will be offering people not only opportunities to um, enjoy those um, multi-sensory experiences, uh, but we will be offering people all kinds of opportunities to uh, be involved as volunteers, but also as co-producers of uh, the different events that we will be uh, putting together. Uh, so we will be issuing uh, quite a number of call for proposals for companies, associations, events organizers to assist us in the implementation and the delivery of this ambitious 12-month program. I love this idea. I think it's great. Where can people go to find out ways that individuals and organizations alike can participate? As of um, mid-May, uh, people will be invited to go to ottawa2017.ca uh, to find out more about our program and how they could get involved. Excellent. Well, thanks very much for joining us on the show today, Guy. My pleasure. Thank you for this opportunity. Guy is a speaker at Ottawa's annual Marcom Forum in June, where he'll be sharing more about how the city of Ottawa is using Canada's 150th anniversary as a historical opportunity to rebrand. More information at marcom.ca and ottawa2017.ca. The Voice is produced here in Ottawa, Canada. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes. Special thanks to Ashley McGrath from Thornley Fellis, an integrated communications agency, for producing this episode. Make sure to visit ottawa.iabc.com for more about the show and related resources. IABC Ottawa is the voice of Ottawa's marketing and communications industry. And I'm your host, Tina Barton. Connect with me on Twitter and LinkedIn at Tina M. Barton. Thanks for tuning in and join us again next time.